0: Oh, there we go. All right. Hello, and welcome to another uh, video uh, video interview series here at Open Source Workplace. If you haven't been here before, my name is Stephen Todd. I'm the founder of Open Source Workplace. Um, I just ask you to subscribe uh, if you haven't already, and this way you'll be notified of all upcoming videos that uh, we release. Today, I'm super excited to have a good friend, Nick Austin here from Comfy. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me. No, 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 thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you giving us your time and I'm looking forward to dig- digging into your knowledge and, and wisdom you can share uh, with the open source workplace knowledge. Uh, so, Nick, obviously, you, you studied environmental uh, policy uh, at college and now you're working at Comfy. How do you go from one coming into a workplace application like Comfy? How does that journey happen?
1: Well, I mean, you study at UC Berkeley uh, in the Bay Area, you're surrounded by technology. Um, and it, it tends to be that, that everlasting answer to every problem, um, until you realize it it isn't, there's a lot of things that people end up doing. (laughs) Um, but what I can say is from, uh, environmental economics, what I was really interested in solving, um, was how do we make it to where big impact areas in our, in our world Um, can have return on investment that's clearly articulated to people that have the money to fix problems. Um, And so, you know, when I went into my career, it was very much what are those big places in the world that we can make impact and buildings uh, which take 40% of the world's uh, carbon to really, uh, you know, be produced and operate um, became that that mission. Um, so now that I'm at Comfy, which is uh, a workplace application and technology that layers into um, buildings to make them more efficient to operate based on how people actually um, want them to, as as occupants, um, is just a way where I can put all of these different things together that I think are so interesting in terms of building efficiency, um, the, the, the way that, that people are actually going to buy and make uh, a vision happen that, that will make
0: the world a better place. So That's, you were, my, that's yes. my soapbox. So you're relatively intentional, and that's really interesting. I've never heard anyone articulate their desire to get into, into the workplace space. Um, and smart building space because of, of those intentions. A lot of people who I interact with have kind of falling into the workplace and got involved in it and fell in love with it. But you've been really intentional.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, it, it's, it comes from, you know, having worked with a lot of architects and engineers and how they design space. Um, and, and hearing that the biggest problems are not from, you know, how smart can we make this, this building? Um, because the technology is there, it's how do we actually make the building operate to how people um, need them to in, in, that, in that space. That was, that was the thing that I heard over and over again. Um, once we invest in this, this smart technology, like, no one ends up using it. And, and so that's, that's the goal here.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a really important thing. So, I mean, you touched on smart buildings. How would you define a smart building?
1: Yeah, so uh, what I can say is there's, there's a huge range. Um, when I think of uh, a, a smart building, it's one that is um, giving control to an end user um, and giving them choice, just like you would when you are in your own home. Um, and, and, and so if you go into a, a smart building, you should be able to have that frictionless experience um, of tapping in and, and, and finding um, the space that you need to do your best work um, in order to relax. Um, all, all of those different things throughout an experience of a day is how you're going to have um, a, like a smart building react to that, that user. Um, And and so that can take a lot of forms. Um, You can have, you know, HVAC that responds to you, lighting that responds to you. Um, But more importantly, just how do I get from point A to point B um, when I'm going throughout my day and and not have it be this, this thing where I have to ask a facility manager every time I do it.
0: Yeah. And what feature of a smart building, given just what you've just outlined, do you think is the most common used and gives the better rate of return?
1: Hmm. Well, uh, rate of return for an enterprise business is, I think uh, the the biggest things that that we're seeing in the market right now is around space utilization. Um, I mean, you, you have, uh, typically 50% of the office not being used uh, even though it's been built out for um, whether it be a meeting room or the desk space that's given out to employees. Um, and so it, it's it's as simple as how do I get the uh, employees to have the right amount of space? And that does often take an understanding of like Are there sensors in the space that are getting real-time occupancy of when users are there? And then once you have the sensor, how do you have something that shows people where to go in maybe a flexible environment, which is becoming so much more pervasive in the industry? Um, And you see almost every new space kind of being built out in this way because the problem is there.
0: Does that make sense? No, no, it absolutely does. And I didn't want to interrupt your answer because I wanted to hear where you're going to take us. But what yeah. sort of, and I probably could have phrased my question a little bit better in a sense that when you're talking about all the different applications and uses of a smart building, so being able to know where to go to be your most productive and so on and so forth, right? In in what yeah. you've experienced and what you've seen, is there specific elements or applications that people are actually utilizing, that actually give them the most rate of return. That, that's sort of the thing I was I was really after. So in other words, if someone was yeah. gonna make an investment, what, where should they spend their money first?
1: I, I, I really think that it is, at least what we're seeing, um, it is on that way for people to find the space, which is like literally being able to book a desk, book a room whenever you need it, um, or find the phone booth. That is open, and not have to you know do the do the interaction of walking up to the phone booth and checking whether one person is there or not, <laughs> right? Peeking in, yeah, and uh, and it really does make a difference um, for for the end user, but also it's it's about that person that's making all these decisions, like the space planner, the 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 workplace experience lead um you know the person that has your type of job <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> um, that
1: yeah. that ends up making those decisions they need the data behind how people are using the space um, yeah, yeah. and and so all the clicks all the the hardware all that being factored into
0: into one place got it and, and is there a size of office so you know obviously you know you manage a portfolio I can see we're a large office where this is, you know, it's, the, you have it, you enhance the whole experience for everybody there, but actually for smaller offices, the cost to actually implement, is, is it necessary? That's, and I know a lot of people sort of have this sort of question they ask themselves and mm-hmm. and, and anyone who manages a portfolio doesn't want to be, well, you know, only the, only the good locations or big locations get something and the smaller locations don't, but then some things don't make practical sense. Is there a size or... You know, a threshold of people, size of square footage. Are you seeing where this should be applied, or where it's really not necessary? What's your take, brother?
1: So, I heard this phrased in a in a good way. What you're talking about is the have and have-nots. I like, uh, I like the have and have-also's. Um, that, that's, that's the way I've heard it phrased that actually makes sense to me. Cause I I don't think that people should build to the lowest common denominator when they're making decisions like design decisions for the portfolio. Um, because I mean, definitely when it comes to a, uh, small space, there's going to be less smart, uh, technology as the hardware of the building. Um, but there's still a lot of things that you can provide that make that experience one, um, especially through a digital, through digital means that, that can make it to where that person has a better interaction with the space. Um, when an employee walks into a small office, they, and it's their first day, right. Or your remote employee, you walk in and you can't find the coffee machine, the bathroom, Um, And you don't want to go ask the office manager and the office manager doesn't want you to ask them a hundred times where all these things are, right? That's when you walk up to the printer, does the printer have a link on it that shows you how it works, right? These are very basic things that everyone goes through um, that can be used in a smaller building. Um, And, but saying that you're, you're totally right in that bigger buildings, um, fortune 500 enterprises, these are the companies that, um, are probably going to first adopt a lot of the smartest technology um, but there's opportunity everywhere yeah
0: yeah and, and why do you think companies should care I mean when I say companies care is obviously they, they're obviously trying to provide their experience but you know whenever're thinking of the uh, value proposition right from a smart building and smart technologies why why should they really be thinking about these things <laughs> at a base level, if you think of the
1: most uh, innovative and successful companies of today um, what do they all have in common it's it's that they are um, that they have innovative and and, and and agile employees right people that can make um, decisions fast that they you know aren't sitting there um, you know disempowered they have all the tools at their hand that their fingertips um and and then those people go out and do amazing things if you're an organization that wants to make a space that is better than someone's home uh where everyone comes in and people collaborate that takes um an amazing uh space to do it and it has to be better than than that home experience otherwise people just aren't going to come in anymore right that that um, collaboration and the the choice and control that that person needs in order to do their job well is just going to multiply when they have a bunch of people that are around them doing the same thing where they 're bumping into each other in the kitchen because it was designed that way right where they can say, "I want to have a, a meeting right now and I know exactly the place to do it um, where everyone feels comfortable in the office like those those are things where once you have an environment that makes employees their best, um, you're going to be a successful business or at least much more likely to do so. Um, so I like to think of it as that top line benefit, not just like the, the, the hard costs um, of running a building because it is a cost center. For
0: no, for business. sure. Absolutely. And, and that's why sometimes it's so hard to get the investment needed to sort of implement some of the, the projects and things that you're mentioning. Right. But again, so I, I guess, is it possible to use technology or is, is it the right use of technology? So whenever you have that environment, you just, you know, what you outlined there was Okay, where do I need to go to find or do the right thing, or where's the best place the environment to do this type of work or that type of work I want to want to do? How do you use technology to assess or evaluate how those spaces are actually being used by the occupants? Because obviously, you've not you've made the investment to build and create um, an environment. So how do you then monitor and ensure that it is optimal optimized for the the employees who are located there? Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, there's
1: the hard quantitative feedback that you can get with actual uh, IoT sensors and um, working with the BMS and the lighting controls. I mean, all of these things that are um, the guts of the building um, in order to get information of where people actually are. And if you can can have a way of saying this space is used zero to 20% of the time, and this space is used 100% of the time, but it's meant for the same purpose, then how have we built this one so correctly and this one so wrong? And, and once you can start being um, as, like a, as a planner or as someone that's managing the space, start looking at these issues, then the problems are going to be isolated that are actually coming up for the end users. Um, and, and so that's sort of quantitative how you can look at it, but with the qualitative then feedback that you get from employees, um, where they're isolating, like, this is my preference in this particular space. And you can start understanding, you know, how many, how many hot and cold call tickets are made from this space versus this one, how many lighting tickets are made from this one to this one, like, then you can really understand what's different. I mean, you could, you. Could, I, I, I've known studies to happen where you put in uh, new chairs, uh, new furniture into different types of spaces and different types of furniture. And you see which ones are actually providing or just giving a, a space that's more used. And then you can replicate what's actually working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that approach. And, and obviously it's, it's, the, the biggest challenge is knowing what what's the right thing initially. And I think you have to go to the employees that qualitative is, 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 really, really vital. And sometimes it's the right environment. It's just in the wrong location in the space you have proximity to the teams that actually need that type of space and so on and so forth right. key things, you know, that's, that's an interesting topic is, is how you locate
1: one team versus another. I mean, move management is hard. I've talked to people Uh, who, you know, do this as their full-time job. And it is just something that is such an interesting problem because you're trying to place people where they're going to be most productive and you don't necessarily know, you know, does sales need to be next to marketing or does sales actually need to be next to product or does the entire sales floor need to be its own, right? In order to be talking on the phone because everyone feels uncomfortable. Like it's, there's so many human problems that can come with working in a space Um, and, and, but also like maybe you need a certain amount of, of those, um, connections to happen in order for businesses to thrive and, and being able to see where that starts to match up. Um, we actually, there's an interesting thing that we, we did a hackathon, uh, not too long ago, and one of the projects was to analyze our own meeting room data. Um, and, and meeting data as a whole. So how much are certain people interacting with other people on the team? And you started to see these natural hubs forming where, um, let's say a product manager, they talk to nearly everyone in the organization at some point. And so, but then you start seeing where certain connections, um, there was like a mental map where you could see all these different places and people going around, uh, and it was really cool because we could see that there were certain areas where that person should definitely be talking to other people or that team should be meeting with this one. And and that's, that's where I'm really excited to see how we can affect, you know, end business.
0: I, I, I told I, I I was sitting here listening to you in thrall because I, I wanted to see where you were going to go and how, how much you were going to yeah. show us and tell us, you know, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> with this, you know. I, I, I 100% believe that the placement of people intentionally or unintentional and understanding and, and sort of observing that dynamic and the proximity and the movement and the connectedness all the rest of it and sort of is there a way you then can track that back to output product delivery you know sales processes all the rest how do you connect those um, uh, yeah so sorry you were gonna say Wonder- that before?
1: yeah well uh, I was at future offices San Francisco not too long ago Uh, and, and one interesting presentation to me was about a, it was BMO, it was the Bank of Montreal, um, and they had recently, um, changed, you know, really added in smart technology, made the space in a more agile way. And it was different than they'd done the rest of the portfolio. And it was kind of like a, a trial. And this was in a space where they, you know, people would actually take clients in order to have meetings. And they saw in that next six month period after doing, you know, releasing this new building from those portfolio managers, a 15% increase in their referral rate of clients. Wow. That's, that's big money.
0: Oh yeah. That is ridiculous. Uh, that's uh, crazy. That one was sick. <laughs> no, no question, the challenge, did, <laughs> I want to make sure I asked this the right way. Did they use technology? to determine proximity and where people should be seated or did they use some other metric human interface management guidance or some other something else in how they deployed their employees do you know
1: i i don't remember that's fine but think, do, 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 I, yeah. i'm
0: really curious i'm really curious
1: it's it's something to follow up with them about no 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 yeah, i'm definitely. sure they have a good case study for it yeah, i yeah. i if i remember i mean they definitely were doing a fair bit of monitoring of how space was used. Um, and, and I, I think that's kind of
0: what I definitely remember. No, no, not a problem. And uh, well, one other question I asked on that, do you know if they were doing assigned seating or whether they were doing activity based working or made it any change? It was a that? mix. It was a mix. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a mix, it, which was new for the org. Um, yeah. I, I think they were pushing some of the space to be, to be flexible seating. Um, but I, I remember that, you know, you definitely still had executives in their assigned spaces. Um, maybe I think it was a move away from large offices, pretty, pretty typical, but like trend
0: based stuff. And and obviously what you see, obviously with comfy comfy and the, and the clients that you bring on board, you must see a lot of the transitions and, and sort of changing in assignment assigned seating, unassigned seating, activity based working and so on and so forth. What trends have you seen recently?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think one thing that we're uh, excited about is there's a lot of um, different ways that organizations can go about actually delivering this new type of space. And there are very human problems that come up when you don't necessarily know where people are going to be when they're sitting down during the day. So uh, if you don't have your, your own, uh, desk, like, uh, you know, assigned the 2.4.1, that's the name or whatever, uh, are there neighborhoods are where, where, you know, sales is one in one space, but they could sit in any part of that neighborhood, or is it a completely like a, a free for all for the office? And in either sense, you need to start understanding where people are going during the day and facilitate how they get there. Um, and, and, uh, with that, um, you also need to make sure that they can find their coworkers, um, because it's pretty frustrating when, you know, you go into a space and, and, uh, VP of product Stefan is not where I know him to be. Right or where I, I know his desk is, so I can at least leave a note, um, even with all the digital technology that exists in our days. <laughs> um, so being able to find him right away, that's, that's a huge thing that we're solving for right now. Um, I think also understanding, yeah, how, how people use that space um, and then delivering that to the, the executives that eventually understand whether this is successful or not. Because so many businesses, um, like the people themselves that are, that are deploying something like this, they know it's, it's right, right? They just need to figure out how to make it right for their organization and how to do the change management that is necessary for people to accept it, for managers to accept it, and for people to know how to actually operate in this new way.
0: Hmm. And, and have you seen trends in um, types of industries that are sort of going to this and, and trending towards activity-based working? Uh,
1: I mean, I, I yes and no. I think everyone, it, all sorts of different industries are going towards this type of model. I yeah. think I've seen financial orgs, um, technology. I mean, these are um, pharmaceuticals. These types of industries are, are moving, I think, first from what we've seen, but I mean, traditional companies that have been around for 150, 200 years are, are moving to,
0: to these models yeah, um, and yeah. even at a portfolio level. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And, and that's certainly what I've seen when I talk to my peers and, you know, those organizations that aren't prepared to quite make that 100% leap or even to start doing or introducing activity-based working, actually what they're doing is they're signing all their seats and then creating all this other space to operate from, right? So you provide people with breakout space and different rooms and meeting room styles and so on and so forth so that, yeah. you know, they still have, everyone still has a seat when they come into the office but they have alternative places to go and do the work or tasks.
1: Right. Which, I mean, at a certain point, you just have to weigh um, as an organization, like the cost that you're willing to put in per employee. Right. Um, and, and like how much money do you have to spend on these cool spaces? Um, one thing that I saw from uh, Microsoft Dublin they, they had a really great project out there. You're from Ireland, as I know.
0: From right? Belfast, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. So um, they, they t- took all this information that they had about their space and they, they made it to where they had a lot more of those alternative amenities and cafes. And it's by far the most used space um, for employees to meet. Um, an increase of collaboration. I mean, all of these things really came into fruition through that project. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, you know, one example.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I think it's, it's a, it's an easy way to start changing the culture to that. So then employees become almost subconsciously not activity based working without even really thinking about it, you know? Um, so it's, it's an interesting approach. And I think it's, it's just gotta a, be easy. It has to be right. You gotta make it easy for people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and a, and a Comfort, are you assigned for, are you activity-based work and how you guys do it?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> we uh, have space to grow into. That's the, that's the truth at our office. We are, we're hiring. So if you know anybody that wants it. to come work at a, a very, you know, high growth technology company in Oakland, California, um, there you go. then but, but, please but, let it, us know.
0: The the only thing is though, right? The, anytime I see you advertising, you dance, so you got to do a dance at the end for me to play this. <laughs> that's the only. I think that's how I, we, that
1: was like how we met. In you know, that was <laughs> that was a fun video. Funny. That um, was
0: too funny, but uh, but nice. yeah. No, sorry, sorry, I, I interrupted you. <laughs> so you you've space to go and and basically, therefore, you have yeah. that. Well, you know. Go on.
1: What I can say is, we we're absolutely ready to go to, uh, uh, to an agile setup. Um, and, and we even have teams that have said we're, we're opting in. Right. right. Um, and I think that's important as anyone makes these decisions is, uh, you, you take the engineers that are at their desk all day. You don't want to mess with them. Right. You take the salespeople that are at their desk for two hours, um, and, and, and give them a place to work when they need it. And, let them free for the rest. Right. Yeah. And so I'll I'll be one of those go to market folks that probably doesn't have a desk, which I'm totally okay with.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, and I and I work from home a couple of days when I go to the office, I have an assigned seat. I don't need it, but it's just it's just how we do things. So that's just that's just our role. Right. So I, I'm totally with you. And I think most people who who are who know they're more mobile and and uh, are quite happy with that sort of approach. But that's even that's even a, a cultural
1: change. To say, you know, if you're in the office, that's it's the old mentality of, you know, getting in at 7 a.m. being the first one there. Oh, that guy's working. It's like, no, not necessarily. I mean, you, you could be at home doing the right work at the right time. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's but that's something that really has to come from from high up in the organization on how people are going to get
0: work done. I, I love that sentence you just used doing the right work at the right time. I love that. Actually, it's really cool. Uh, I haven't heard that before, so no, 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 thanks. Um, maybe I'll put that as the, as, as the heading of, of the actual video, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so one, one, one question ask, I like to ask everybody and, you know, you can give us from a personal perspective of what you think organizations should be doing, but what sort of advice and guidance would you give for an organization or yourself that wanted to maximize productivity and employee experience? Yeah,
1: I, I would say, I mean, you gotta, you gotta listen to your employees, right? If, if they are coming in and they have certain repeating problems that they're facing in their day, that's, those are your opportunities. Um, if you can, if you can go in and, and both see what they have as their issues, but also, um, factor in how you as someone that actually makes decisions about this place, um, that everyone comes into every day, how do I make this, um, more efficient, um, but also just that better experience. You really have to start from listening and, and that might come in a couple different forms where it's you know, uh, it's, it, people are afraid of big brother. That's something that I'll put out there too. So don't be afraid of technology, that's, that's my number two. Um, because that is also a change management piece, right? Where people are coming into this space and maybe there's a sensor uh, in a place that they didn't see beforehand. Um, but that is the organization listening to better the employee's space. Um, just the same as taking, uh, you know, survey feedback would be, and, and that's the other thing is survey feedback shouldn't be once a year. It should be continuous. Yeah. And that's how you're going to drive an amazing place for people to come into and, and do their best work when they need to do it.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, and I love, I love that approach. I totally agree with you. It needs to be a continuous and, and, you know, employees do have that, you know, big brother fear and, you know, it's, as, as a sort of a workplace, you know, lead, you, you kind of want to um, put people at ease that the reason we're asking you is because we actually want to help. Right. And the whole purpose of, of what we do is to be of service to the organization. And and that's what right. we want to do. And, and sort of whatever employees know and feel you're getting it right, then you have the Uber effect, right? So you let Uber do whatever, because you know, wherever you get off that plane, you're going to have an Uber right outside waiting for you, you know, and whenever they feel that they're getting that response. And I think that big brother effect, kind of does disappear a little bit. But um, what, what I am finding I've been thinking about this sort of question, I always post it to people, and what was in the back of my head is, is it the employer's problem to fix the workplace productivity or employee experience, right? Because I, I do have that question, and that's not my question to you. My question to you is, you know, what do you do, or what sort of things do you do to ensure you are your most productive? Right i love it steve <laughs> <laughs> but my question to you is what do you do what do you yeah. do nick do to, to, to uh to, to mention sure your... yeah yeah you know what
1: uh you know i i uh i have an amazing way that i set up my email <laughs> No, I, uh, uh, I'm kidding. (laughs) I, uh, I, I, I make sure that I get the right exercise. I mean, wellness is a huge part of, of a personal practice, um, between that and, and, um, giving your yourself the space to have a break. We're coming up on the holiday break. Um, that's, that's super important too. just as hard as coming in and grinding and, and doing all the work that needs to be done. Um, so that's, that's my tidbit.
0: No, 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 no. Thank you, and I know I, know I sprung that on you uh, last minute there, so I appreciate you uh, you going forward and giving me a response. You know, so thank you, thank it. you. Um, yeah. But before we go, is there anything else you wanna you wanna touch on that we may have not have uh, we may have skipped over or you were not a chance to mention?
1: Um, I I I mean, I'd have questions for you, Steve. Is is just what is what is your your uh, your tip? For, for me to come in and be my most productive, for or even as a, as a provider of, of technology like this. Um, and as someone that really cares about um, the industry as a whole and, and how you convince people to do new and difficult, um, but productive things. Uh, it's, it's something that I, I'm really always interested to hear how, how I can be better and, and how my organization can be better at, at responding. Two things like
0: that. Yeah, and it's something I uh, struggles the wrong word, but it's something that's front of mind for me all the time. Um, at this moment in time, this time of year, you know, you mentioned the break, right? Giving yourself the break. Um, you know, doing open source workplace, working, you know, at NASDAQ, NASDAQ, which is a full time gig and, and quite an intense gig, as you can imagine. Um, I don't get a lot of breaks. I work, you know, most weeks seven days a week, um, and I have to allow myself to give myself that break. But you know, on a daily basis, I don't exercise as much as I would like to, but what I have to do and what I do and ensure I do is I put content in my head first thing in the morning. I give myself mm-hmm. an opportunity to sort of relax, digest, and sort of think through my day. And those are sort of things that I, I try to do. So what are my priorities and do my, do my priorities before I almost even get to the office? So that basically I take control of my day. And that's sort of where where, where I try to, to win as, as as it is. But uh, at this moment in time, it's like, I can't wait for a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm gonna go see my my two little nieces in LA.
1: They're nice, Annika nice. and Evie, they're four and one, and they are hilarious. Great, That's great,
0: great, That no, sounds good. Look, Nick, like, I really appreciate you uh, giving us your time today. Um, obviously, anyone who has worked with Nick you know, interacted with Nick, please click on the link, give him a rating in open source workplace that helps uh, promote his profile at open source workplace. But uh, Nick, look, thank you. I really appreciate you giving us your time today and sharing your knowledge. Of course. Thank you for having me, Steve. And
1: everybody uh, add me on LinkedIn. I'm totally open to that Um, and and reach out and I'm happy to have more conversations like this.
0: Perfect. Thank you, man. Cheers.
1: Cheers.